0: Welcome to Well-Designed Lives with Brad Wiesner, our weekly podcast that brings you interesting people and deep conversations about all things beauty and about how others curate a well-designed life. Welcome, everybody. Wanted to welcome you to a great episode today, a woman that I've been very excited to speak with and get to know her better, Devin Murphy. Devin is a physically disabled multi-sport athlete. Uh, she has a big advocacy for uh, disability inclusion in sports. She has won many accomplishments that we'll hear about, not the least of which is winning the Boston marathon several times. She's a Spartan uh, sports enthusiast. We'll learn what that is. She has uh, a hand cycle and has won the, uh, women's hand cycle division of the Boston marathon in several years. She is self-reflective. She has a remarkable sense of perseverance. Don't tell her that she can't do something because then it will happen. She and I met through a mutual friend, Chris Kegg. You would have heard of him through our podcast episode with him, uh, the I Am Able Foundation. And she's just interesting about how she doesn't ever want to settle for the life you're given, but to put in the work create the life you want. She's very afraid of escalators though. We'll hear about that too. Enjoy the conversation with Devin Murphy. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So welcome. Welcome Devin. I'm very pleased to have you. I, uh, Love it that we're doing this in the evening. I'm a nighttime person personally, but uh, uh, having heard so much about you and your remarkable achievements and your story that uh, I'm very excited to have you. So welcome. Thank you. Um, So we were just talking a moment ago and I have a fun story. So your name is Devin. If, If we're reading it, it might look like Devan or... Uh, but it's, it's pronounced Devon, Like yourself, my parents cursed me. My first name is George, George Bradley Wiesner. Well, I was always called Brad. And w- all my life, I was teased, you know, George, George. And back in the day, that was a very nerdy name. I was very embarrassed, right? And it was the, the Georgie Porgy pudding in pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. Oh my God, around seven years old, I said, Mom, what have you done? Why did you name me? You know, I hate the name George. Oh, she says, "I know, I do too." I didn't. Well, you know, it was naming you after an uncle kind of thing. But you know what? I thought when you were older and you signed your name G. Bradley Wiesner that it would look good. I said, "Oh, really? For that? For that you name me George? I can't. Not Jeffrey or anything else, but George." So, um, so I get it. What our parents name us?
1: Yeah, um, it. You know, as a kid, I did not like it. I now realize it's unique. I'm unique. It works. Yeah. I, I kind of can just go by one name, like Madonna. It's cool.
0: Yes, it fits. So one of the things we always do is ask if you can kind of walk us through your life a little bit or, you know, how, how you came to be today. And I think uh, you're, you just have such a, you're, I mean, from childhood cancer and then disability and your achievements, it's, uh, it's remarkable. Take us through your life briefly what made you
1: um the very very short version i usually tell people is um supposed to be dead i'm not i'm kind of okay at sports i'm kind of not like that is the very tiny version but i mean in reality it's been pretty freaking amazing you know to go from being misdiagnosed as a kid to hearing okay you're going to die so sorry but that's what's going to happen to you know, being able to fight through everything that gets thrown in your way and just kind of keep living, I guess.
0: To persevere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, my, I mean, I, I think my greatest achievement is to just keep going. Yeah. And that pretty much sums up everything for me. From, and um, and the,
0: there's such a remarkable theme uh, when I talked with Chris and, and other folks that have had huge obstacles. There's just a whole class of people that have the perseverance. And, and, and that's, to me, that's the remarkable story. That's the beauty in all of it is the, uh, you know, the interest and the attitude, you know, of keeping it going. So a second ago, when you said you were misdiagnosed, what, what happened when you were a kid?
1: Um, so I broke my hip playing softball. I was 11 years old, not a common injury. Didn't heal, um, for a good four or five months. And ultimately, a local doctor did a, a real quick biopsy and said, okay, there's a tumor. I cut it in half. I've never seen one. That was kind of cool. Mm. But um, by the way, your 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 daughter's going to die. She's got about six weeks. to. Um, all this said, you know, with an earshot of me. So that was super sure. cool.
0: Lovely. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bedside Great. manner. Stellar. Yeah. Great. Um, and my parents were the type that just wouldn't accept that. So we got mm. a second opinion. And then we got a third opinion. And that's how we wound up in Boston where they said, Okay, yes, you do have cancer. Your life is really going to suck for a few months because you have to do chemo. You have to do um, a couple of surgical procedures, but you're, uh, you're probably going to live.
0: You're probably okay. going to live. Yeah. Was so, it was it really casual like that?
1: Um, Probably yeah. not to that extent. That's probably more of a coping mechanism I've embraced for myself. Sure. But, you know, it was 31 years ago. Mm-hmm. So some of it's fuzzy, some of it's hazy, some of it is so ingrained in my brain, it wakes me up at nights.
0: Yeah, I imagine.
1: Ironically, it was that misdiagnosis that led me to exactly where I am today, because during one of my chemo treatments, I'm hanging out in my, my hospital room, looking out the window because there's literally nothing else to do except, you know, feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And there's all these people running, and they just look so happy, and at this point, I was essentially bedridden, couldn't really do anything. And I thought, oh my gosh, I want to run. That looks so cool. And I said to my nurse, you know, what are they doing? It was like, oh yeah, they're training for the Boston Marathon. I'd never heard of that before. I was like, cool, I'm going to do the Boston Marathon if I grow up.
2: Wow. Well,
1: and I did.
0: I mean, just for a moment, a paradigm for most of us is is that idea of, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be president. When I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. When, not if. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So, and I mean, but it's the if moments that have totally shaped me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, I, I find that fascinating. So, went through a lot of chemo.
1: Yep, about 18 months.
0: Okay. And then?
1: A uh, couple of operations in there. Oh. One, Um. Oh, see, I wish we were in person. I could show you my stupid human trick. But, <laughs> One involved removing my hip joint and my femur, replacing my femur with donor tissue, which at the time was relatively cutting edge and super cool. Yeah. So, but in doing that, I kind of lost the ability to walk completely on my own. So I used crutches. Sure. Which, you know, no big deal. Any method of mobility works for me. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older and done a lot more stuff, I've started needing to use a wheelchair as well, which... That was, um, a lot to handle initially. Yeah. yeah. I'm still moving.
0: So, so as long as
1: I'm still moving. I'm
0: how happy. old were you with the finishing up with the chemo, the operation and be, how old were you when you came through that?
1: Um, 11 to 12.
0: Okay. And so from 12 on using crutches, going to high school and doing stuff. Yes.
1: Ah, junior high. Boy, was that fun.
0: (laughs) Fun. I can just imagine. I can tell where this is going to go.
1: Yes. So, I mean, I had some amazing friends. Yeah. I had some just really incredible friends. I also had a lot of assholes, for lack of a better term.
0: That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. because Brutal. I don't want to say in their defense, because that's a horrible way to look at it. They're young. They had never, ever experienced what was about to happen in that a bald classmate came in on crutches in a giant brace from you know my hip to my ankle and they couldn't process it and if you can't process something the best thing you can do is you know make fun of it
0: make fun of it
1: yes that I think is where a sense of humor really helps
0: did you develop a sense of humor or
1: you... oh yeah and I'm really good at deflecting
0: sure, sure.
1: so um yeah
0: <laughs> no I hear you on that I think the ability to deflect is, I think one of the most prevalent defense mechanisms many of us have who have experienced hardship or trauma, or uh, I know for myself, I, I love to deflect. It's a great thing. So tell me about, I guess going through junior high and into high school, at what point did you start to realize that the crutches aren't really cutting it, that we need to spend more time in a wheelchair?
1: Um, the wheelchair actually didn't happen until a year and a half ago.
0: Oh dear. Okay, so I'm confused. I see.
1: Yep. Yep. Which um,
0: explains why. Okay, that makes more sense because I know there's a, a couple of achievements that happened while you were on crutches. Oh, right. So yep. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, and I mean, honestly, 30 years on crutches has kind of damaged my shoulders. Hmm. Uh, weightlifting, hand cycling, Spartan races are not helping my shoulders. <laughs> So it's, I always say, you know, movement, medicine, sometimes there's side effects to medicine. In my case, it's, it's, you know, wearing me down a little bit, but oh my gosh, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: You know, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and, and in my story, the trials, and tribulations, the traumas and all the stuff, and uh, I've been sober for about 11 years. And so I celebrate that in a particular way of being so grateful uh, of where my life is today and what an absolute mess I was really most of my life. And, and, and to be where I am today is so beautiful. It's so wonderful. And, and it really echoes a number of the things that you've said about the ifs got me here, the, uh, Mm -hmm. the perseverance. And so, and I've also said something very similar that, um, not that I would ever wish to do it again and not that I would ever wish to harm anybody again, but if I had to choose whether or not to Be sober and and feel like this I if I had to I would do it all over again the same way
1: oh yeah absolutely to get
0: here you know yeah it's that Um, good
1: and a lot of times if you have any type of we'll say visible physical disability people will often approach you and say things like I bet you'd give anything to walk again or I bet (laughs) you know if you could go back in time you would change it all you know my answer is a resounding no
0: isn't that amazing? I, yeah. I, 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 personally, I couldn't imagine walking up to someone and saying that just out of good manners. And then also, <laughs> I, I don't know that I would presume. I, I think I would have a hint of your true answer back there. I just wouldn't presume anyway. So I'm surprised people do that. But uh, yeah, yeah, people do things. So can you, uh, if you'd like me to lead us through it a little bit, I can. But it's much more authentic if we hear it just flowing from you. Can you take us through, well, for, for anybody who doesn't know, we were introduced to Devin through Chris Kag. And if you've listened to the episode where we've had a wonderful conversation with Chris, who is a friend of mine, I admire him very much. He's founder and chairperson of the I Am Able Foundation, uh, which motivates and, and accommodates many people, mostly youth with disabilities uh, to get moving, to come to the gym, to get active. I know that Devin met Chris, they knew of each other, and then a, a great relationship happened with some great stories. So if we kind of take it from there, Devin, would you, I, you know, if, would you share uh meeting Chris and then what sort of things happened? I, Absolutely. I you know, and, and, Take us through and the awards, all the accomplishments. I really want everyone to hear what happened.
1: Uh, you're finding one of my flaws. I hate talking about myself.
0: Well, Ironic,
1: right?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so I did not know adaptive sports existed. I was couch potato, um, you know, sedentary, overweight, and suddenly thought, you know, I should walk a marathon. And my husband, who's amazing and supportive, said, okay. So we walked the Boston Marathon Jimmy Fun Walk in 2014. It was the Boston Marathon course, 26.2 miles, uh, crutches, and it took roughly 13 hours.
0: Oh, wow. I had to see. I did not have any clue. Yeah. So when we
1: crossed the finish line, my loving, adoring husband looked at me and said, you are never. Doing another marathon again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a mess. We literally had an ambulance following us. I was in that bad of shape. And I hate being told never, no, can't. Right. And I thought, challenge accepted. So I went online and, um, you know, I put got on Google and basically said, how can I do stuff if I'm broken? And that um, led me to the I Am Able Foundation. And I, um, real quick, just kind of filled out the grant application for a hand cycle. I had never been on a hand cycle. I was not athletic. And
0: and if I may jump in, there will be some of us out there that aren't so familiar. What is, oh, right. what, what is yeah. a hand cycle?
1: Yeah. It's so much part of my daily life. I forget about that. Sure. Yeah. It is a adaptive bicycle hand powered. So instead of pedaling with your feet, you're pedaling with your hands, mm-hmm. you know, there's gears there's like a traditional bike it's a little you know different anatomically traditionally there's three wheels and it is a blast so it's just so much fun
2: mm-hmm.
1: it really is so i ended up getting a hand cycle for my mabel
0: and I, and the story from chris is on his side he said you know we're we're very rarely local or very regional right here and uh there's a woman devon she's great but she's up in new york we don't really And Chris felt like this was important, so he helped with the grant to get you the the hand bike.
1: Yeah, Chris was absolutely my advocate, um, and I think I only spoke to the man on the phone once. Mm -hmm. So he called me and said, you know what? We're going to do it. You're outside our area. You know, you've never even been on a hand cycle before, but we're going to do it. So you're going to get a hand cycle, and you can So I hung up the phone from him and signed up for my first marathon. Got my hand cycle in... March, did my first marathon in May and totally sucked.
0: I was saying, so 60 days of, and then boom. Okay, so go ahead, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it turns out Twinkies are not good race food. (sighs) Being overweight was not helpful when you're carting a 40-pound piece of of bicycle equipment with you.
2: Oh. Um,
1: And oh my God, I sucked, it was awful, and I cried so hard, and I was like, I am never going to be this bad again. So I trained all summer, and I went to washington dc and did the marine corps marathon where it sucked even more and i was so disappointed that we'd been going to a gym i didn't understand fitness but i was like i go to the gym that's training sure yeah so after doing the marine corps marathon and being even slower than my first ever marathon which wrap your head around that one i popped my head in talked to a trainer who said oh i can totally help you he taught me about fitness and nutrition and the next thing i know i'm like i have muscles i won my very next the the next marathon i did i won
0: wow Wow! and
1: it just snowballed to um actually doing the boston marathon like i said i would do if i grew up to winning the boston marathon to winning the new york city marathon three times and it just it's a lot of times i can't believe this is my yeah it's just it's mind-boggling
0: so you're a spartan enthusiast what is that?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. What, what is that? Spartan races, obstacle course racing, it is so much fun. It's uh, through mud, mm-hmm. over walls, swinging through monkey bars, that type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So we'll have we'll have all of this in the podcast notes in in more detail. But basically, the Jimmy Fund Walk in two thousand fourteen, and then in two thousand fifteen, as a hand cyclist, you completed. 2018, 2019, 2021, you know, this just keeps going. Um, so many things that you've done. When you, when, when you just said a second ago about how, um, that it's so much fun, your enthusiasm, I could, I'm, I'm, I'm able to see your face, you're a very beautiful woman. I see your beautiful face. Um, what, that I got struck by the idea of how many times do you get smacked down? How many times she might live? You know, how many times are you told if or that you can't? Right, and and you and I share that in common. Don't tell me I can't do something because it will get done. And and there you are. You know that feeling of not only did I win that one, I won the next one. I'm doing Spartan. This is all. This is all really. How does that feel?
1: Unbelievable at times, um, because I can still so vividly remember spending my Saturdays on the couch watching a Golden Girls marathon. Mm-hmm. On lifetime like that was my weekend mm-hmm. get up to get lunch grab a snack that was it my weekends are now training and lifting weights and riding on the indoor trainer and going to the gym and helping other athletes
0: and and, and that's prep. that's the physical part of course and you know physical activity and the endorphins and everything with the with the more mental health side with the more emotional side the more personal satisfaction the whole maybe i'll frame it in my own experience as I'm I'm in a twelve step program and I, I help other guys get sober. And in doing that, I always try to explain how completely beautiful this is now, how remarkable. That it's like I went from black and white into technicolor. That it's it's not just life-changing, it's it's a spiritual experience. It's so many things and it's such a big transformation. I believe I don't I feel like I'm feeling it from you. I'm seeing it in your face that going from a couch potato to where you are today, how do you describe it?
1: You know, growth is the biggest word, biggest thing that has happened. Not only physically. I mean, that stuff is cool. Sure. But I was the quietest introvert you would ever meet. Like this would not be happening. Um, I tried so hard to blend in. Like I just, I wanted to disappear. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be noticed. I didn't want, I didn't want to be called on in class. I didn't, you know, I just, I didn't want to be noticed. I am noticed now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really plays with my head a lot sometimes just because I am so introverted. But
0: I was going to ask you that in a few minutes. We can do it right now too. But, you know, seventh and eighth grade bald crutches being picked on to today. I mean, I'm looking right at you. You're very pretty. Your hair is gorgeous. You're, you're accomplished. How does, it, how does it feel to, to be a pretty woman today?
1: Yeah, I have a different mirror.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, most <laughs> of us do, right?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, like I said, it's just, it's mind-blowing because I did not see myself ever being here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I was going to live. I didn't know I was going to thrive. Right. You know, I thought, okay, my life is going to be being, quote-unquote, disabled and just blending in. And trying hard not to be noticed mm-hmm. but i found myself who i really am through fitness and sports it gave me the confidence i needed to start actually tackling myself as well yes not just physically but to be able to say okay this is pretty cool i can do this i can help others i can help raise awareness about things there's like so many benefits that I almost feel guilty sometimes.
0: I, I understand completely. I, uh, do, do going, I've been on a big personal journey now for about eight years, and especially in the last three or four years, a lot of personal growth. And as I, as I seek abundance, as I seek something I'm looking for, I think it's the color orange. I think it smells like gingerbread. I'm, I'm looking for this kind of abundance. And through personal activity, Personal growth, introspection, living sober—many, many, many things—and I'm seeing that abundance is actually purple. It's not orange; it's purple. It smells like jasmine. I had no idea, and to to be able to to allow yourself to see that way, to go that direction, and and allow that avenue to open up—that that's where it was the whole time. You know, um, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz at the very end, if you've seen the movie, where. Uh, She wants to go home and finally the balloon, she's going to go, nope, the balloon gets away. It's yet again. She can't go home. And Glinda the witch says, all you ever had to do was click your heels and say, I want to go home. And she said, well, why didn't you tell me that? And she says, because you weren't ready until now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's a great metaphor for, that that movie has many, but what a great metaphor for where we are, you and I, that we have such a gratitude that it's such an eye opener that it's going from black and white into technicolor. It's just crazy.
1: It absolutely is. Yeah. See, sometimes I'm speechless. Yeah. Because yeah. like I said, I just, I can't believe it at times. You know, I've said to my husband Well, like you before, said a minute ago, you feel guilty. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that, I think that's a healthy heaping dose of survivor guilt because there are a whole lot of kids in my clinical trial who did not make it,
2: mm.
1: you know, just the questioning, like, why am I still here? You know, why am I the one that survived
2: Mm
1: -hmm. to still finding things that physically I can't do and getting angry about that sometimes feels so, so wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm just, I'm so fortunate that I try to remind myself every single day, you know, even really bad, shitty, awful, horrible days are good. And like you said, it's that level of gratitude. It just, it's, Sometimes I think it can't be explained. It has to be learned because there's yep. just, there's not always the words how to can, explain how we feel.
2: How can
0: you share it? How can you explain it? Yeah. There's a saying in my program, something to the effect of my, what is it? My best day drunk was never as good as my worst day being sober. And then there's some jokes around that, but anyway, but the point is, yeah, it, Uh, I, I also, I mean, I just, I, I, I have those times where I feel why uh, I don't have survivor's guilt. I can't call it that, but it's, it's why am I given this? You know, I, -hmm. the older I get, it just keeps getting richer and richer. Um, why me? Why, why have I been given certain gifts that I have that allow me to to do things? So, I mean, I I get that feeling, but I, I, I just can't imagine it must be exponentially magnified for you, you know, given, just given such incredible hardships and, and, and the early, the early messaging and sig- signaling that you got to manifest, you know, where you are today is incredible. So, and I know a big part of it for you is your husband, Thomas. Um, I was reading how, how about an incredible support he is. Um, I don't, do you want to introduce your husband? Say, yeah, tell um, us about he, him.
1: I should start by saying, um, I picked him up in a grocery store. So as one one
0: does.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, We were in college and there was this cute guy that worked there. And I said to him on new year's Eve, Hey, would you like to get coffee Some, And he looked at me dead in the eye and said, I don't drink coffee. And I thought,
0: boom. Oh, (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. They have water too. And we've literally been together since.
0: Cool. He,
1: so, I mean, he was there well before I found the adaptive sports and became who I am now. He was there for the very quiet me. Mm-hmm. And now he's here for the very sassy me. Mm-hmm. So, literally the best guy on the planet. I'm totally biased. But, you know, anybody who is willing to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and huff across, across New York City carrying a six-foot-long hand cycle, total gold star in my book.
0: Sure. So, who does the cooking in your household?
1: Oh, that is so me.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you like it?
1: I I do. I yeah. enjoy cooking, um, baking, stress relief for me.
0: Um, I, I love cooking. I started out by baking. I worked in food and beverage for many, many years. So um, the whole art of hospitality, fine dining, and really, really beautiful cooking. I just, I love to cook.
1: I am a cup, cupcake queen. Are you? Literally, wedding receptions. And I've done a couple that are five or six hundred people.
0: Oh, really? Um,
1: oh, yeah. That's a lot of baking in the. Summer.
0: And so, like that big of a wedding, is it cupcakes or do you do you do wedding cakes or?
1: Just cupcakes. Really? Um, I mean, I've done wedding cakes in the past, but oh my god, they're a pain in the butt.
0: Me too. I know. I've done wedding
1: cakes for wow. <laughs> a while. I do not love. I don't have the focus anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because there's always nine thousand things going on. Mm-hmm. But ironically, cupcakes. Help fund my first couple of years of racing i did not know that competing is so freaking expensive, expensive. yes it is yeah. yes yes so um yeah uh one cup one cupcake at a time is how we got to a couple of things
0: that's great i love it so one of the things that got you into racing one of the things that really helped you is you had a coach who was important to you
1: oh my gosh he is my lifesaver who is that uh his name's larry roberts and he is a spinach well, personal trainer and spin instructor at just a local gym. Was a pro bodybuilder. Um, had certainly never worked with an adaptive athlete before. And trying to think. I had approached four, if not five, trainers prior to him. And the standard answer I got from most of them was, oh, yeah, sorry, we don't do that, you know. Right. Me. Or, oh, you're too high maintenance. Or, um, you need a physical therapist. Really? I, Yeah, I approached Larry, and he said, "You know what? I've never done this before, but we can learn together." Mm -hmm. And within a year, I qualified for the Boston Marathon, which is not an easy.
2: No, right. And
1: within three years of working with him, I won the Boston Marathon. So, I mean, the dude's pretty special.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you all still work together? Yes. Yeah. Yep.
1: Mm Um. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been a lot longer than I care to admit. I think. So, so
0: something about team Oscar Mike what is that
1: Team Oscar Mike oh my gosh they are biggest group of badasses you'll ever meet in your life like I, I that's the only way I can describe them They are wounded veterans okay uh who do Spartan races I mean they do so much more than Spartan races but I met them through Spartan mm-hmm. I really really wanted to do a Spartan race and Tom was like, I don't know how i can get you through a course alone because they are like insane sometimes in terms of the obstacles you have to do mm-hmm. so i reached out to team Oscar mike said hey i'm a civilian i know you guys only do military i really want to do a spartan is there any way and they said sure we'll meet up in west point that'll be your first one and i've been hooked ever since. i mean they are literally a group of people who are unbelievably selfless they It's team first,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely team before self.
0: I think that uh, some of the more interesting people that I talk to are really um, team oriented people. We had a uh, gentleman on our on our show, Jordan Steffi, was a quarterback in college is a big story around Jordan. I think you would enjoy his conversation, actually, I think. Um, But, uh, you know, big on team. It's, it's, a, it's a selflessness. It's Chris, Chris, is that way. Chris Keg is that way. It's just, yeah. it's, it's not about me. It's about the team. And, um, I hope I can be like that. I don't know. I know <laughs> but, uh, so let's see. And, and then before we started, you and I were talking about our, our love of, of Hingham and, and the areas around Hingham and, and Hull. Uh, there's some, there's some towns South of Boston, uh, that are very beautiful. Uh, and if anybody knows of, of, uh, My favorite place. God. Oh, Cohasset. Okay. Some of the towns that are, that are there are Cohasset or Duxbury, Norwell, Situate, these beautiful little towns, this area and Hingham is right there with Weymouth. And, um, it's like Martha Stewart and Ralph Lauren got together and, and created this community and Norman Rockwell painted it. You know, it's quite, quite lovely and very Americana, but, um, when you, when you were talking about Hall, it made me think I didn't ask you. So with being around the water, do you, do you do much around water? Do you enjoy either boating or, or how is, how does swimming go or, or not, not so much water for you or.
1: Um, okay. First of all, if we're near an ocean, I don't care what the weather is. My feet are going in it. Yeah. Like that. It just, it's, I'm drawn to the ocean.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it's, been massachusetts in april i'm in the water
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um
0: that's freezing cold
1: oh yeah it's so cold yeah in terms of like recreation i love kayaking Mm -hmm. we kayak quite a bit i'm just now getting into stand-up paddleboarding which is really hard when you have a wonky leg like i do yeah uh it's been a challenge but i think that's what i like about it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um as a kid i grew up around a lake where we went tubing behind the boat like every weekend
0: okay so, that's so, I, so are you are you is, is motorboating you prefer do, have you ever sailed do you like sailing or
1: as a child i enjoyed a motorboat now that i'm an adult and my brain processes ooh, this can be scary mm-hmm. I, I i'm much more anything not motorized
2: mm-hmm.
0: i'm a sailing guy
1: I i've don't... never actually been it's, it's something i want to do um it looks so incredible
0: it's um It's remarkably peaceful. I I have some friends that are like, no way. I'm not all that work. I don't want to work that hard. I want to, and I feel like saying for, for power boaters, excuse me, but really you want to get on a power boat and you want to go across the lake and you want to get there as fast as you can. You want to churn through all the gasoline and the consumption and get there for what to turn around and come back. I, I don't know. I don't get, unless we're water skiing or tubing, but sailing, is yes you put up the sails and it's a minute of and then it's silent and it's beautiful and the wind mother nature is doing this incredible dance with physics and it can be remarkably peaceful and i I suspect you might enjoy it very much Uh, and then the boat comes about where you just change direction into the wind and there's a hot minute of fluttering sails and moving about and then you're back to quiet beauty it's it's lovely so um, now you have a dog, Quincy.
1: Dog, yes.
0: Tell us tell us, what kind of dog do you have?
1: She is a pit bull mix that we rescued um, from a rescue group. She was originally in a kill shelter as a two-month-old puppy in the south. Um,
0: How do you get to be in a kill shelter?
1: Her entire litter was there. And this rescue group came in and took the litter and brought them to need. Jesus. And that, yeah, it just, she is. A hot mess express. I mean, she is just, she's neurotic and she's crazy sometimes and she's a potato other times. And that's what I love about her. Mm-hmm. She's as dynamic as I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Does she go many places with you or does she tend to not? She, to...
1: she does not because she does not like people now or see, animals. That's not good. No. Um, we think she may have even been abused prior to making her way mm-hmm. into, um, the, the rescue. group. Yeah. Um, She's had some issues. We've worked with dog trainers mm. and we've accepted her for who she is.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's incredible. Uh, the The debate over pit bulls rages on. Um, I happen, you know, I believe that their genetic training is to uh, go and clamp and bite. That is part of what designed them, but that's based on if they want to or not. And I think that how you train your dog is if it does that or not, I, I know so many pit bulls that are just beautiful, loving pit bulls and even ones like perhaps yours or we had a client one time, uh, this couple, I adored them. They treated us like family. Um, They had a pit bull that uh, really couldn't be around people too much. No, didn't want to trust him around people. And I was like, you bring that dog in here. Come on. I want to see him. And uh, um, he was so loving and so much fun, and he would get on his back and let me rub his tummy all the time, mm-hmm. and I think they were looking, and they were always watching, a little nervous, you know, but um, I don't know. I, horses and dogs are important to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we have fish, too, yeah. a snail. I mean, I I love all animals unless they're reptiles, and then I'm just terrified.
0: Yeah, really. Now, have you done much with horses?
1: Um, I have been horseback riding once, and it was terrible terrifying for lack of a better term. um there were not a whole lot of instructions given before we well, there's, a... uh,
0: never mind yeah oh yeah so you yeah, haven't yeah, really yeah. been horseback riding
1: then No. well yeah really. not nice really long... no
0: yeah because no, one of the things when like... you do when you go horseback riding the responsible person has you spend a lot of time on the ground and yeah, we're going to brush out the horse we're going to learn how to walk behind a horse we're going to you know and then you dial down your Fears or anxieties, right? And and then the horse feels comfortable. The, the horse knows if you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And
1: and the thing is, it, I feel bad because it was like uh, I had this whole long running bucket list of things I want to do, and one of them was to go horseback riding. So that was a gift from my husband. We both went, and it was so traumatizing. <laughs>
0: i'm sorry it's terrible
1: (laughs) i mean we laugh about it now but it was like 10 minutes of instruction and then we went out on these horrendous up and down a like tiny little mountain trails Mm. and the woman is shouting at at tom like oh you have to slow your horse down she'll break a leg as we're going down a hill and he's like you didn't tell me where the brakes are has
0: he ever ridden before Oh, no. Then how do you put two people up on two horses, take them out on a trail, and then yell over to the guy saying, you've got to slow your horse. No, that isn't horseback riding. Oh, my God.
1: No, it was highly irresponsible. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, And I work for an attorney's office. I'll also say a lot of liability there.
0: Well, maybe when you come to Pennsylvania for the big ball, we'll uh, we'll take you to a stables and we'll maybe get you around some horses and you'll see (laughs) how lovely it is.
1: And not be traumatized.
0: Well, they're really... You know, it, uh, my dog happens to be a su- um, emotional support pet for me, and uh, people have emotional support pets. Mm-hmm. The best, well, I think, if I have this correctly, the best emotional support pet you can get is a pig, um, probably a miniature pig or pot pig, but pigs evidently are among the very best Emo, The second best are horses,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and again, probably a miniature horse, and third are dogs. So... I warmly invite you to come with me. We'll go visit a horse, and you'll see how really lovely it is that they're just big dogs, and, and they love it when you love on them. And, but, you know, they're they're prey animals. They're they're pack animals, and they, they live in a constant state of who's going to get me. And mm-hmm. so uh, they feel quite comfortable when someone's the leader. Oh, and if, yeah, our
1: horses did not have a leader.
0: Well, if there's no leader, I'm going to freak out. You know, yeah. so if you're confident to be the leader, they're loving you, hmm. then now they're good. It's when you get scared or apprehensive or you don't know what you're doing, then they're like, oh, shit, this is going to go off the rails quick. And then they get <laughs> nervous, right? And then you're nervous and the whole thing goes to hell in a handbasket. So, but it really, really, Devin, it can be, it can be such a lovely experience. I hope.
1: Yeah. Hell it's in a handbasket pretty much sums up the, uh, the experience.
0: Uh, I'm sorry about that. So, But,
1: you know, it's always all these look so incredible. So, I mean, I get it.
0: When you, write, So I've ridden my whole life, but only just lessons. I'm not terribly accomplished, accomplished or anything like that. But um, when you get to a certain point, it's almost like dancing, maybe even just slow dancing with a horse. It's, it's the, the movements you're coordinated together. Um, you know, the horse's movements, probably, you know, your own horse well enough, even if it's just a school horse, it's not your own, but uh, there is there is a lot of uh, beauty in the the relationship with a horse. It's a relationship. And even I'm, you know personally, I'll go muck out a stall. I don't care. I'll just to be around horses. Um, uh, you know, I I call her my horse. She's just a school horse where I I ride. But her name's Ellie, and she's a Percheron, a very big sort of draft kind of horse. I like big horses, and she's all black. But, you know, those, those school horses, they're just out there in the pen and they're just used for lessons. They don't, you know, it's not nobody really. And I'm like, oh, no, I come two I come two hours early and Ellie and I hook up. We're going to go and I get her in the bar and I put her cross ties and we start grooming and I'm brushing her and I'm picking out her hooves. She likes that. And then I, I, I detangle her mane and condition it so that it, that it's all flowing over one side. Finally, I got it to train all at once. And then her tail, you know, I clean all the mud and everything out, get it all cleaned up. She lets me take a wet washcloth on her eyes to, to sort of, and we get all cleaned up before. And then we look good. And, <laughs> and, then, and then we have our lesson and, and we do stuff, and, and she's very considerate of me. She knows what I think I'm trying to tell her, but if I'm not too good at it, she won't do it she's training me too yeah it's Mm -hmm. just a wonderful relationship so
1: um one of you know how sometimes you do something very impulsively yeah um it's something that tom and i really try to really excel at if we go on a trip somewhere whatever kind of like pull up google and go what's near here Mm -hmm. one of the coolest things we did was saw the Budweiser at yes in new hampshire Aren't,
0: aren't they impressive
1: oh my gosh they're gorgeous yep Freaking big,
0: yes, so big, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But um
0: so they're and it, they're a style of horse called a draft horse, right? And they're meant mm-hmm. for they're meant for heavy field work and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's why they're built the way they are. And then you know the thoroughbred horses, which are designed for racing. Right in between is a Percheron. It's okay, muscular but powerful and pretty, and that's my horse. Yeah, nice. But yeah, the Clydesdales are uh, just a remarkable example. They're grooming. Their heritage, their confirmation, how they are, yeah, lovely.
1: And it was just one of those totally random experiences, which I think sometimes those are best.
0: Yeah, spontaneous. Spontaneous is always better. So you had told me earlier, I think, that you love music, and we didn't get into it. What do you love music, or you enjoy music, or are you crazy music fan?
1: It's twofold. I hate silence. Okay. And I love music. Uh, I think silence allows me to be in my head way too much yeah um yeah so i'd rather fill the void with music yeah and i listen to everything i mean death metal alternative pop jazz oldies uh, um not big on opera but classical like i just i love it all
2: mm-hmm.
1: i do have a few favorites that are on my spotify playlist way more than anybody else but What's one of the
0: best concerts you've ever been to
1: Ah. Uh, absolute best concert with dropkick murphy's in boston at the house of blue mm-hmm. the week of saint patrick's day
0: mm-hmm. i don't know and them but
1: you cannot get any more irish okay they're, they're an irish punk band from massachusetts okay um i also saw new kids on the block when i was like 10 so that was super cool because yeah that was my first ever concert mm-hmm. that was just like oh my gosh i'm in the same room as these people
0: well i'm i think i'm very similar uh i adore music always have and um search for a, a genre that I'm not familiar with, whatever. Um, I like opera. I like it. I really like classical. I love pop. I love alternative. Uh, I love 1980s. I, you know, do we want like <laughs> genre by era? Do we want genre by, by musician or artist or by instrument? You know, um, I love piano, but uh, I, I can go anywhere from Madonna Michael Jackson to, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Yes. you know, now I don't, I don't relate to metal and rap very much. Um, if you can get some lyrical, you know, melodies going, it's, it's much more easy for me to enjoy it, but, uh, you know, hard, hard rap that just really kind of bangs it out for me is a little difficult. Yeah. I can go back to Benny Goodman orchestra. Um, all of the oldies and stuff in all the way all the way up. I love music. I, I love the production of it. I love how it gets produced. One of my favorite in that is um Madonna's album Ray of Light. And mm-hmm. and if you if you know it and you enjoy it, you might know just the different synthesized music and the way it blends and and whoever did the producing of that album, I thought that was a really good job. But, so did, do you play any instruments? Oh no. No.
1: No, well, three quarter and like third grade. I don't think that counts.
0: Sure. Yeah. I
1: mean, I might be able to bang out hot cross buns. Not <laughs> sure I still remember, but Absolutely.
0: Um... Absolutely. I tried yeah, I tried uh I think I tried a French horn because that looked cool. That didn't work. Then I was like drums, that would no. And then in college I, I learned how to play piano with two hands. I could read music and play with both hands. Oh nice. And there was that mm-hmm. moment of, Oh my God, you know, this is cool. But then I didn't do it again. Oh. That was it.
1: I tried guitar. Not great. Mm-hmm. My husband played um trumpet, I think, all mm-hmm. through high school. He was in the jazz band the whole bit. Doesn't play now.
0: When we start up again, I'll say something about a jazz band. I'm going to segue in. Is there... I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So is there anything you want people to know? We'll talk about that for a second. And then I'll think about you. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, jazz can come and go for me. It depends. You know, the old Al Jarreau and and certain but if it's like Charles Mingus, it's a little too, uh, do you like Joni Mitchell by any chance?
1: Um, I'm familiar with, not necessarily a fan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, unfortunately I'm that way with a lot of music. mm -hmm. Like I can't tell you who sang it, but I can tell you I like the song.
0: Well, I was always a big fan, but she, she got into a Charlie Mingus jazz phase that got a little more, um, you know, heavy jazz for me. So, uh, but, uh, but I've never been to like the Monterey jazz festival or, you know, really kind of the beautiful syncopation or the riffs that you can get with with jazz is great so tell me Devin, what do you what do you want people to know what 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 do you want what do you want to say what do you want people to
1: you know i think one of the things that i really stress it you know when you are in a crummy situation it gets better because like i've said before you know i'm not even supposed to be here literally not physically supposed to be here but I get to do stuff like this, you know, I get to do podcasts and interviews and races and it just, it got so much better over the years. And, and, you know, my attitude is that we'll continue to get,
0: I think that, I mean, that's beautiful. That's important. I say it in a similar way on a different subject, but you know, all, all we can do is say it to people. We can try to show it or live it, you know, and I guess that's all we can really do. But there are times where, uh, whether or not it might be, um, a young person struggling with their sexuality like I did when I was young and to be able to say to them, that's going to become the least thing about you. If you want to wear it like a medal of honor and make it big, I guess you can. But most of us, as we get grown up, we, our sexuality isn't the biggest thing about us, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I try to say to them, it gets better, you know, or with, um, being an alcoholic and, and, and working the program with guys that come in, they're really struggling at the beginning. In, there's a, a section that we read, it's called the promises and you can't really believe them. You can't cause you're just that broken. But mm-hmm. when you can get to a place where you're like, Oh my God, these happened, this, this passage says this, this, this a lot of it. This, like, you can't believe that's going to happen. And we look at Devin Murphy she says it gets better, but she's living it, you know, so um, I and hope, you know,
1: I'm sorry. I think part of that is I chose to put in the work to make my life better. I chose God, to God, you're a step ahead of me because that's
0: exactly where I was going. <laughs> I was going to talk about your attitude, you know, and, and I know we touched on it earlier, but it's just that idea of, you know, how hard do you get beaten down where you just give up? You don't. You don't, you, you just persevere and don't tell me I can't. Where do you think that comes from? I guess your parents help. You mentioned your parents on that, but where does that come from for you?
1: You know, I, I think it's a combination of, you know, my parents not letting me just say, okay, I'm going to lay down and die to the doctors not letting me that, or it sounds (laughs) cheesy and lame, but know the expression, it takes a village. That's where it comes from. Yeah. I surround myself with good people. Mm -hmm. I choose to surround myself with kind people. I mean, if you're a jerk or if you're going to be cruel, I I don't want you in my life because that's going to diminish all the work I'm doing to get to where I am and be who I am.
0: And I think to be able to navigate those people, to navigate those relationships and to be able to discern and and, um, separate your wheat from your chaff. You know, so that you, you are surrounded by those that love you, those that support you, make you the best you can be. I, I've only known Chris Keg for a very short time, but boy, he sure feels like that to me already. I just feel like every time I'm around Chris, I just want to be better, you know.
1: Exactly. Um, it's, you want to be better. You want to do better. Mm-hmm. And you want to help others, usually. I, that That's how I feel when I leave a conversation with him.
0: Yeah. Being of service to others. Mm-hmm. It's one of my big things in life. What uh, What's something about you that hardly anybody knows? What would be a tidbit? Give us a tidbit.
1: Ah, uh, a tidbit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I think my parents and my husband are were the only people who know I'm terrified of elevators. Or es- not, not elevators, escalators.
0: Ooh. Escalators. Mm-hmm. I
1: am terrified of escalators. Absolutely. And it stems back to an episode of Rescue 911 it is that lame.
0: Uh uh Um, Is it getting caught in the treads or is it being high up being open or what's the fear? Yes. Yeah. All of it. (laughs) The whole thing is it's a machine designed to freak me out.
1: Exactly. Um, you know, I'm terrified of heights, but I started indoor rock climbing to try to get over that fear.
0: Oh, so you do rock climbing too. When does it end with you girl? Okay, go (laughs) ahead. Keep.
1: (laughs) Um, it's not working. I'm still terrified of heights, but I really like rock climbing. Um, but you know, I joke about the the escalator. But my big thing is, someday in my life, I will not be able to navigate stairs physically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take advantage of all the time I have
2: mm-hmm.
1: now. I mean, when we're at a hotel, we'll climb twelve the twelve floors or whatever it is.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, just because I can. And someday I'm
0: very not worried interested. you're going to judge me when we so we're going to be meeting each other soon in March the uh the annual fundraiser for I am able in Reading, Pennsylvania and you and Tom are coming down for that so I'm very excited to meet you in person um and uh it'll be really cool to 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 be with you and Chris in the same moment you know and have that but um I was gonna what was I saying let me think for a second we were escalators. You said I was
1: going to judge you, which I'm so, I'm not judging. Oh,
0: I'm, because I'm not a couch potato, right? I'm not a stranger to a gym, but I will not take the stairs. There's an elevator for a reason. I'm going up the elevator. (laughs) You know what I mean? And uh, I'm quite happy to take the escalator and not the stairs.
1: Oh yeah. See, but escalators will eat you. (laughs) If you fall, they will eat you.
0: I trained my dog to go with me on escalators. So he knows when to jump on and jump off and at oh, the, yeah,
1: hard now. At
0: the airport, <laughs> when we do the people movers on the airport, he knows to jump on, jump off. and yeah.
1: Hard pass. That is just like a fail. Oh, is, to it, is it? So,
0: is a moving sidewalk in an airport scary too?
1: Oh, yeah, just no.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I'm not a package in a factory. I don't need to go in a conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. <laughs> Very funny. funny.
1: It's all personal preference.
0: Well,. I would love, I would love for you to get a website. I know you don't have one right now. I believe that, you know, there's one thing about being self-deprecating. There's another thing about being humble. I get it. But I think as I've learned, I've learned in the last year, there are people who look to us in larger roles than we see ourselves in. And, and we don't do anybody any good being a shadow and, and, I, I have lots to talk about that, but I would hope that you get a website for folks to uh, you know find you and tune in and 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 know about updates and things and and be inspired from your story. I think you should have your bio. All of oh Devin, you're killing me, but you do <laughs> you do have Instagram?
1: I do. Yes. What is
0: what's your insta? It's
1: ADK um, hand cyclist. Um, pretty much all of my training and racing is journaled and chronicled.
0: Well, all of this will be in our program notes uh, for, for the podcast. When you download, wherever you get your podcast, you'll see those program notes and all of her socials and, and media and information will be on there. So that, that'll be taken care of. So anything else, Devin, do you want to talk about anything else? Um, got yeah, a good so. joke you want to no, know? I don't know. <laughs> Just...
1: One thing I can tell you that I neglected to say earlier when you were asking questions, um, when you said, you know, what do you want people to know? You know, as an athlete, and it's still so weird to call myself an ape, by the way, um, I think a lot of times people get hung up on miles covered, races won, finish lines crossed, um, a medal count, and that is so not what I want to be known for or remembered. Um, My goal in doing all of this has always been to help others. I mean, I've coached my competition and actually raced against them. So it just... I love what I do, but not to the point where it defines who I am. I would much rather be that kind person that will help somebody else get um, to the point where I've actually gone through all the training to become a trainer and and all of that stuff just because I want to be able to help others. It's not about me.
0: Again, you know, it's that idea of of selflessness or being of service to others. Uh, Chris embodies it beautifully and... I'm the same way about a lot of things, a different color, different way. But uh, to me, you know, beauty is important at all costs, beauty and and beauty comes in being of service to others. Beauty comes in being a nutritionist where I could help somebody beauty come. But even, even with my dog, my dog is a pedigreed, beautiful example of his breed, but I don't care to show him. I don't need, I don't need the awards. I don't, I don't care about the milestones. I, I feel very much the same way you do. It's a, it's a very humble and genuine way of, of living life. I, I, I think it's, I think it's just wonderful where you are today. I'm, I'm so pleased to have met you to, to know you and, and to know your story. I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person.
1: Yeah. It, it'll it definitely be cool. Yeah. and well, Everybody loves the party.
0: Everybody loves. Well, and I think, that, <laughs> I think this is a good old Irish party. If I, if I understand, I don't drink anymore, yeah. so I'll have to, I'll be the designated something or other, but, um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Well, until then, thank you. And, and thank you very much for all of the preparation that goes into this. A lot of people aren't aware of kind of the, the homework we all do before we get ready for this and everything, but I appreciate you being available and, and sharing your story and, and getting to know you.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, you know, sharing somebody else's story. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, until then. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. And that's it. Cool. Thank you for being with us today. If you're interested in more about well-designed lives, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, see you next week.